Hello and welcome to Leeds Voices, the weekly podcast brought to you by the University of Leeds. I'm Alex Regan and this week we're reflecting on one of the university's most famous alum, crime writer Peter Robinson. Peter passed away late last year and was best known for his DCI Banks series of crime novels set in Yorkshire. More than 9 million books in the series have been sold worldwide and it was later adapted into a TV series on ITV. It's fair to say Leeds was in Peter's blood. Although he lived in Canada for more than half of his life, his love for Yorkshire and Leeds was enduring. Something else that was enduring is Peter's generosity, which led him to establish the Peter Robinson Scholarships at Leeds, which are awarded to English and creative writing students every year. The final novel in the DCI Banks series is released this week, and to commemorate Peter, we spoke to some of his closest colleagues about the man behind Inspector Banks. First on the podcast is Peter's longtime editor, Carolyn Mays. We always wanted to know what was going to happen next, and Peter would never tell us. We had to wait till the manuscript was delivered. He also insisted on having very long delivery periods in his contracts, and then he would always, always beat them. So you never, you never quite knew when the manuscript was going to come. It always came earlier than you'd expected. Um, which was a joy. He, he was, he was the ultimate, the consummate professional. Really, he knew what he wanted to do, and he did it. Um, he needed very little editing. What you needed to do to the book was really all to do with tiny bits of consistency in the plot. Sometimes with crime writers, you need to unpack the whole book, and it's kind of like editing, kind of like working on a car. You need to take every piece out of the engine and lay it out and then put it back again in the right order. But Peter, you never had to do that. You just had to be aware that someone might have started school in 1963 in one chapter and 1964 in another. Tiny, tiny things. Um, he, he, All that professionalism sounds like it might be rather dull, but it never was because Peter also had this amazing sense of humour and um, dry slightly sardonic outlook on life. So so that came with it and made the publications incredibly fun. It was always a joy to, to publish one of Peter's books. I think Yorkshire was a huge part of Peter's writing because he'd grown up there, um, because he loved the landscape that imbued every aspect of his of his novels uh, and was one of the my favourite things about publishing him. Once I went up to see him in, in Richmond, once he'd bought a house there, he and Sheila had bought a house there, and we he took me on one of the walks that then, I can't remember whether it ended up in the book or it was already in the book and he took me on it, but but to, to walk in the steps of, of Banks was was incredible, and Peter did that all the time. He, he I think he knew every dry stone wall in, in the Yorkshire Dales. Um, I think the setting suited him well. You know, he, he, wanted, a, he wanted a small town. Um, he wanted a, a police force that was was there, based there, but had to, could, could move to slightly bigger places like Leeds if they needed to. Um, and I suppose the alternative would have been setting it in, in Canada or America where the, 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 you know, the police are so different. It, it, it wouldn't, have, wouldn't have suited his Yorkshire character. And he was really a Yorkshireman through and through. He was always very clear about what he wanted to do next. And he, he, always, knew, he always knew the book that, that would be coming after the book that he'd just delivered for you. He mightn't tell you very much about it, and it might not have a title. He always said he was never sure about the title until he'd named the file on his computer, and once he'd named the file, that was it. We couldn't change it. Um, but if he, if he 
wanted to do a standalone, that was what he would do. And and I think I think for lots of writers, but for Peter particularly, there are, there are advantages and disadvantages to having a very long series and a very long series character. And um, one of the issues about writing a long series like that is that the writer often feels the need to refresh the creativity, for want of a better word, by going outside that series and doing something different. And Peter did that from time to time. We published several standalones and collections of short stories, um, one in particular before The Poison, which was an extraordinary book and um, had the most amazing reviews and was completely unlike anything he'd written before. Um, he published a... We, he'd written this before we, we came to... We republished a, a, a novel that he wrote that was... Uh, set in the um, and set in California in the LAPD that was again completely unlike the the Banks books and I think I think having done that he he sort of I mean we all knew that he could do anything he wanted to I don't know whether he felt he needed to confirm it to himself but he certainly he certainly showed the world and the and the reviewing world and his fans that he could he was a man of many more talents than just uh, not just but you know Inspector Banks set in the Yorkshire Dales novel. My experience is that poets often make the best crime writers because you get the combination of of talent and uh, knowledge and care for words in the most micro form and concision. Um, being concise is quite important when you're writing a novel, particularly a crime novel. Um, in Peter's case, he was an amazing poet, and I think probably not very many people realise that the poetry that came from his character Linda, who appeared in some of the later novels, was written by Peter himself. It was lovely. it was amazing poetry, um, and and while he didn't write poetry in all of his books, I think in all of his books that that poetic appreciation of the right word in the right place, no more, no less shone through and he was very when when editing him he was very I learned very quickly that you he he knew what he he knew what he wanted and and you could you could change something but but one needed to give thought to the to the rhythm and the balance and the the import of that particular word you were trying to get rid of if you were trying to get rid of it when when you were working with Peter I was incredibly lucky to see Peter uh, in 2022, we hadn't met since before the pandemic, and he and Sheila came back to Yorkshire and stayed for a month or so. And I got up there and had lunch with them just before they returned to Canada. And so, so that is obviously my my. I'm, I'm so glad I did that because I do have that memory. And he was. He was on fantastic form. He hadn't yet finished the book, but it was going very well, and he was telling me bits and little bits and pieces about it. Um, he just had COVID, um, so he wasn't terribly well, and I th- think you know that maybe was a presage of what was to come, but you know, we didn't know that at the time, so it was an amazing lunch, and he recommended a fantastic pub, and we had a really lovely time. They were so kind. They picked me up from the station and they you know Sheila drove me around and round and round and we you know, looked all over the area and we had this lovely lunch and um 
that 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 that'll be my memory is having having seen him then and and been able to talk about this book, which was. I, I, people may not have had a chance to read it since it is only publication day, but it's just, it. He had, um, he he'd finished the Zelda trilogy, and and this was, this book was, Banks had, has got to a place in this book, and I think everyone who reads it will see that Banks has got to a place. And for me, at that point, oh, I hadn't read it yet, but when I read it, I I I, I rang Peter and said it's an amazing book, and Banks has got to this place, and I'm so glad he's got to it, but I want to. Know. Of course, I want to know what's going to happen to him next. And I have the happy memory of having seen Peter, but the, the sadness of um, of never knowing where Banks will have gone to next. It's a very difficult thing when an author dies because the character dies with them. Next on the podcast is Canadian crime writer and colleague Bill Deverell. He went on to become, um, probably dur- during his time, certainly Canada's number one crime writer. Uh, he was so prolific. I think he'd written about 34 books. Um, all but three of them were uh, novels, and a few of them were collected short stories. And uh, uh, 34 books, I, I just, I can't envisage myself being able to produce a book a year. I, I'm lucky to get one out every every two years. I write a bunch of screenplays, too, that, that takes up about the rest of my time. But um, anyway, he uh, he was appropriately honoured uh, with a couple of honorary degrees, including one from Leeds. And... Uh, I think we can call him Dr. Peter Robinson. Got himself a, uh, a a PhD at York University in Toronto, which is rather apt since he's a Yorkshireman. And um, uh, so I uh, I think he sold almost nineteen or nine nine uh, nine million copies in 19 languages. I read that somewhere, I think, in The Guardian. What I I found um, in um, talking to him was that his um, routine in writing was um, quite a little bit different from mine. He would uh, write early in the morning um, for about three or four hours, and I was told by, or heard this from his wife, Sheila, that what he would do if he, if he felt he had written well in the morning, he would then carry on in the afternoon. If he felt he hadn't written well in the morning, he would head down to the pub and, sp- and spend the afternoon there, I guess. And he would meet a number of characters he could probably slot into his books that way. Um, but also, I found out that uh, he, uh, unlike my my procedure in writing a book, is I outline it. I really I I sweat over uh, my story, so I I structure it over the uh, course of maybe a couple of months to make sure I know where I'm going at the end. He didn't do that. He would just sit down, start a book, would have no idea who the ultimate. Uh, 
murderer was in his murder plots. Um, and he would just shuffle his scenes around until he, he decided, okay, so-and-so will be the, will be the bad guy. And um, apparently he had a lot, a lot of uh, fans coming up to him and said, I, I guessed all along who the murderer was. And he would have to say, well, I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> so that was, uh, that's, I found that really amazing that he could uh, sit down right in the, and just start writing and then figure it out as he goes along. It's just not the way I do it. And when I'm teaching courses, uh, I, uh, I insist on my students to plan it out. But a lot of them do resist doing that because they've read too much of Peter Robinson. He was at the original Live at Leeds concert way back in the 70s. And I just think, uh, and he's a real music fan. And uh, I noted that because I happen to have the CD of the, <laughs> of the Who uh, for that, that concert. And I just envisage him being, in, <clears throat> he's a lot younger then, just jumping up and down and <laughs> enjoying that, that concert. I would have loved to have been there myself. But uh, he, uh, and he said, the other thing, he's, he's not only just a, a poet and a novelist, but he's a great lover of music. He was, I'm talking in the present tense, I shouldn't, but, and, um, you know, if you go onto his, his website, which is still alive, and I think it's, um, InspectorBanks.com. He's a uh, he offers up uh, a whole bunch of playlists of the music that he he loves, and I tried a few of those. Uh, it's, uh, it's very um, scattered. There's no there's no uh, rhyme or reason to uh, some rock. There's some old fashioned pop. There's uh, a bit of classical in there. But if you want to find out. Um, what kind of guy he is, you can tell by the music he enjoys. And finally, we couldn't end this podcast without mentioning the Crime Writers of Canada. The body bestows the honour of Grand Master on Peter, and to reflect his contribution to the field of crime writing, it is announced it will name an award after Peter. I spoke to its president, Hyacinth Miller, in May about the tribute. is one of the best examples of crime writing in Canada. Um, he was a prolific writer of police procedurals and short stories, and he left big footprints in CWC in many ways. He, uh, he submitted his, short story, his first novel, Gallows View, in 1986 to our... It was called the Arthur Ellis Awards. Now it's called the Awards of Excellence. And he was a finalist. He joined the next year, and he was a he was a you know a, a faithful member until his passing. He also served as chair of CWC from 1996 to 1998, and he's remembered as a thoughtful, strong leader. Um, he was he was a Renaissance man. Sounds. Not corny, but he truly was a gifted writer and a really nice person. And um, 
yeah, he went on to be a finalist. I have pages of lists of he was a finalist or an award winner for best crime novels and short stories with Crime Writers of Canada, but also with international contests. And he was just prolific. He wrote amazing stories. In 2010, Crime Writers of Canada awarded him the Derek Murdoch Award, and it's for uh, a, an author who's made a significant contribution to the genre and supported other members. And again, that goes with what Peter, the kind of person Peter was. In uh, 2022, he was named our Grand Master, again, for his significant body of work and his, just his steadfastness in producing incredible writing that people loved. Um, as an organization of writers, we wanted to, to recognize and honor Peter in some way. So we asked Rakuten Kobo, who's the sponsor of the Best Crime Novel Award, if we could change the name, and they agreed. So I'm, I'm really proud to announce that we will be renaming the award starting in 2024 for Best Crime Novel to the Peter Robinson Award for Best Crime Novel. And that's part of the legacy that we want, you want to leave. And uh, although he wrote about crime, Peter's novels are pop, in his short stories, are populated by human beings, right? They're good, they're bad, but we can resonate with all of them because his craft was so <sighs> complete, right? And that's the magic of his writing. And we want our members who, who, who want to excel to look at him as a role model and work towards that kind of quality and consistency in their writing. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Leeds Voices. It was presented and produced by me, Alex Regan. Leeds Voices is brought to you by the University of Leeds Advancement Team. You can follow us on social media at Leeds Alumni or get in touch by email at alumni at leeds.ac.uk. Leeds Voices.